And welcome back to the True Patriot Podcast, folks. Our interview series continues here for season three, and we have with us a super special guest to us here, uh, to, to myself personally. Uh, this is a this is a, a dude that is one of the busiest busiest guys in the fishing industry you're ever going to meet, and one of the nicest ones I might also add in there. Matt Johnson, Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dean. I appreciate the uh, the kind intro and, uh, you know, labor of love, man. You just take it in stride and you keep on punching forward, right? You do what you uh, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. For those of you unaware, Mr. Johnson is in, can, uh, he is the manager of all the pro staff piece for Clam Outdoors, Blackfish Gear, and All Terrain Tackle. All Terrain is the, um, not really new anymore. It's been several years, but uh, we were the last, uh, All Terrain was the one of the last companies to be uh, brought underneath the, the Clam Outdoor umbrella of, uh, of business out there. And it was uh, an awesome, awesome move to say the least um, getting this direction. I've had a chance to work with, uh, with you, Matt, over these last few years. And it's been just, it, it's been fantastic. And I, I, I always use you guys as the model with some of the other companies that I work with. And I give them this examples that of how you work with your, your team. It's not just, Hey, go out and say something cool about us. I mean, you guys actually care about your pro staff team. You're selective in who you allow onto this team. Um, the the dinner and and fishing gig every year. Oh, I so wanted to be there this year. You know, now that I'm about you know a time you know three time zones away or whatever, a little bit harder. But has that always been? I mean, was that your baby that you kind of created that model piece, or or where did that come from? You know, it's a, it's a pretty strong team effort here for all the brands. I mean, the thing about all-terrain Blackfish Clam is um, a lot of us wear that hat well. So the marketing team, for example, we don't have a marketing team for all-terrain or Blackfish Clam. We have one team that does it all. Nice. You know, same thing for customer service. Like, we really don't have individualized departments here when, in, in terms of the brands. Um, so it's a team effort. But, like, you know, I kind of cut my teeth on the pro staff side prior to taking the job. For clan in 2012 they sponsored me personally for about a decade um so that's i think one of the things i take a lot of pride in and try not to take for granted uh, is is putting myself in the shoes of our pros right because that's kind of where i was before i got this job i wasn't working at corporate america and got a job with a fishing company no angler <laughs> that got a job for a fishing company uh, and I love it. So I love to engage with our pros. I make it, obviously, with the title of my job as manager, pro staff director, I make it my focus. Uh, but yeah, the, the food, I figured this out. You know, there's a lot of commonality with anglers or uh, fishermen or outdoorsmen or women, whatever. And I found out that a big commonality is food. Right. We like to eat food. And we like to eat good food. And what we've done at Clam to kind of bring that all full circle is we've done these series of uh, pro day training social nights that turn into, you know, a day on the water fishing with each other. So bring our team in, feed you well, whether it's I'm smoking food on the Traeger all day, whether we cater in some awesome meal, uh, camaraderie, team building, new products, marketing initiatives, lots of fake stories, we're anglers. Uh, <laughs> right we just embellish and then the next day we usually hit the water and go fishing with each other take photos do videos we've built this pretty strong formula that um i think is working very well um, pro staff focused business here at client all train blackfish and we've seen it work so uh, i don't see us deviating from that anytime soon well i can tell you it was it was something we put on our calendar every year when I was out there for the, the, the 10 years I was out there in Minnesota. And when we would uh, get a chance to go up there, I mean, the, my first, uh, or actually, no, I was, I want to be, I want, want to say it might've been my second time there. I sat down at this table and uh dude sits right across from me. I look up, it's Austin Felix. He has a seat there and, um, feel a guy kind of slide into the left of me. It was Adrian Avina and then Chad Grigsby. All these guys are all sitting at this table in here. You know, there's a little old me <laughs> like, well, how the hell are you guys? <laughs> and just, you know, having a chance to shoot the breeze and get to know these guys, you know, that are, that are where we, you know, we aspire to be, you know, as far as their competition is concerned. Um, and, and have a chance to, you know, just see, 
how much we all, you know, it's not, it's not just a, it's not a business decision. We believe in the, in this stuff and we trust, you know, for our livelihoods, you know, the gear that we're using there. I mean, especially now for us that now we're in the kayak game, dude, my rain suit is literally my lifeline. I can tell you, I wear those bibs more times than, than I don't. It seems like just for the extra protection while I'm in the kayak, um, you know, they go on They're They're a slight bit of warmth, but I can even wear them on warm days and I don't burn up. You know, if I, if I just wear a pair of shorts underneath them or whatever, you know, and it's, it's just the quality of the build, um, the materials that blackfish uses. I mean, all these things come in and it becomes literally just like my fishing gear. You know, I've got my suit right next to me, you know, here it's going in the kayak, fishing gear goes in, you know, and it just becomes, you know, synonymous with our, our loadout. And it's, that was, you know, hearing these pros, you know, talk about this at the same level, and having the same opinions that talk about embolden and just hardening my loyalty piece, you know, when it comes to that. So that's kudos to you guys for giving us a chance to, to, you know, fish with our peers and fish with those, you know, the pros that are at the, you know, that higher level and then have a chance to come together. And, and like you said, break bread, man, have some food, sh- you know, share some stories and uh, some good laughs. Of course. I mean, that's, that was a huge, huge deal that just, made us you know bite in even further and buy in with uh with the brands for sure yeah i would agree yeah, and it's funny you mentioned like the the bibs and like the event fabric and a lot of anglers assume when you put a rain suit on you're going to sweat right you're going to be uncomfortable but that is one of the strengths of that fabric and that type of material is that even in warm conditions like you said you don't find yourself well, you know i know some anglers doing that wear it as a sun protectant against their legs they throw it on over their shorts, even on a sunny day, and uh, and 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 for the most part, stay cool. So that, that was a good point you bring up. But, but yeah, man, going back to the dinners and stuff, I love them. I look forward to them. I I'm as eager as the next guy to to do the whole socializing pro night. We call pro night social night. Right. And, uh, yeah, bring that together because then you're not uh, distracted. Maybe during the next day or whatever, you get it all into your system. You have some fun, and boom, um, you, your task at hand. So is it still Minnetonka? Is that the 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 choice because of its proximity and its size? It's easiest to do most of your yeah. Media? We do a lot, of it, but we did switch it up this year for the All Terrain Pro Night. We went to Laconia. Oh, that's Tuesday. right. Uh, but yeah, we try to. I mean, we love Lake Minnetonka. It's close to home. Obviously, we host the Blackfish Classic on Lake Minnetonka, a giant. Event. Uh, but you also, when you live here every day. You don't always want to be on Tonka. Like, I guide Tonka 50, 60 times a summer. Right. Uh, half the guide trips are on that lake. Uh, so, when you get to like late summer, early fall, when you do <laughs> staff meetings, it's like Tonka. <laughs> Tonka again. So, where like guys like you come in, they're like, oh, Tonka. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. Never been there. Where like our squad here is like, oh, like cars on auto drive to the access. So, yep. Um, but no, it's a good fishery. I mean, I don't think anyone complains. You can go out there and crack a whole bunch of fish and have a lot of fun. You, you know, in the the first shoot that I that I when I went to the pro night there, that first shoot that was that was technically my first time showing up to that event. It was one of the reasons why I didn't bring my boat that first one. I just jumped in with, uh, I think it was uh, Tad Johnson. I think was his no. Oh yeah, yeah, he Tad got, Johnson. Yeah, yeah, he's a stud. Yep. Yep. That was a lot of fun. He and I going out there, it was, uh, I got a chance to join in with, uh, with him on that one and kind of understand and learn a little bit about Minnetonka out there. It's a really cool body of water. Actually, that was my first also introduction to Seth fighter was running into him out there and chatting with him for a little bit. He was fishing around out there, pitching away. He's so known. You usually see Seth out there. If he's not on tour, he, he fun fishes Tonka quite a bit. Yep. Yep. I think this was, mind you, this was many years ago. I think this was before the elites. This was, I want to say he was still running the opens at that time. Sure. Still trying to, to he was working his way up there. So, sure. so that's uh, that, that whole, you brought up something that I wanted to, to mention because it was something we tried like crazy to get our schedules aligned for. And that is the Blackfish classic. This is something that if you are from the Midwest 
anywhere northern region you know anywhere you know and you've heard about this event you guys put on an awesome awesome event there at Minnetonka each year talk talk with us about that what what is the where did that where did that start the the blackfish classic and uh, what it's evolved to now Sure. I mean, when we first decided to do it, we were in our infancy stages of building the brand. You know, we're five, six years into Blackfish now. When we first launched the Blackfish Classic, we said, what can we do? Um, let's call it with a limited budget um, to make a splash, especially in our region, uh, that just seems to make sense. And then we sat down and we said, we should throw a bass tournament. Well, man, there's already like oodles of these bass tournaments. But then we decided, well, let's throw the best and the biggest. So we sat down as a team and we're like, okay, what's the largest one-day payout in Minnesota? At the time, it was like 7500 bucks. Yeah. And we said, well, let's do a one-day bass fishing shootout where the winner gets ten grand." Which, I mean, they exist now, but when we were doing this five, six years ago, you really didn't have a one-day $10,000. You may have had a two-day tournament where you could make that money or, or a championship after competing on an entire series, but just a one-day open invitational, 10 grand. Great. Cool, oh, let's do it. So we did that. Um, it filled out, of course, in year one. Um, took us a few weeks. We filled out 100 boats. Uh, we drew in a lot of big-name anglers, like the who's who in Minnesota. Even some regional guys came in, and we put this awesome tournament on him. And not to get redundant, but we fed them all. So, like, after the weigh-in, we bring in all this food. So if you and I are a team, we weigh our fish, we can come back to the work at Lord Fletcher's and you and I can eat food. That's all inclusive in your registration for this tournament. Awesome. There's a bar right there. You can get a cocktail. You can hang out and you can watch other teams at AM. And we actually really shut down our entire facility here at Clown. Like it's all hands on deck from our CEO down to the kid that just started in the warehouse last week, right? <laughs> Doing everything from boat checks, um, to MC the weigh-ins, uh, to we have multiple pontoons that keep the fish alive after we weigh them and shuttle them back on the lake. We take all the necessary steps to put on the best event around. And fast forward to now, we filled out 100 boats, let's see, this year in 13 minutes. Wow. We opened registration, and in 13 minutes, we had 100 boats paid for and booked. Um, it's the fastest filling tournament in Minnesota. It's um, a lot of anglers come back afterwards and say, awesome, love it, can't wait to be there again. It's very competitive. I mean, Minnetonka, uh, when you put 100 boats on, it sounds like, oh, it's Minnetonka. Well, it, every bay has got its sweet spot, right? right? Just like lake. So it's very competitive. These guys are out going free fish. Uh, it's, it's not easy. We did have an eight-pounder caught this year which is the largest bass I know of and others ever weighed in a tournament in Minnesota history. Yeah. Someone got an eight-pound largemouth at the tournament this year. Uh, unbelievable fish. So, yeah, it's a good time. We look forward to it every year. And, yeah, we're already planning for uh, 2023. The uh, Minnesota state record, for those of you who are unaware, is 815, I believe, still standing right, uh, right now. Um, so, yeah, an eight-pounder, that is a dinosaur. Um, yeah. She was, uh, yeah, that was, that fish is, Lord knows the age on that fish. My goodness, how awesome is that? In Minnesota, on Minnetonka, I would have been my house on it. Right, exactly. That's unheard of. Largest I've ever pulled out of Minnesota up there was just over six pounds, and that was actually down in a dinky little uh, reservoir. Um Technically, it's known as Bear Creek Reservoir because it was Bear Creek that got dammed up. But for those folks in southeastern Minnesota, they know it as Chester Woods. Um, it's just a little, no gas motors. It's electric only. Um, and I used to fish that thing in and out. And, of course, nailed it on a Rattlin AT. Um, that's uh, that's what we pulled it in, that uh, that all-terrain. Um, yeah all, all the biggest fish i mean this uh, sounds i just i was saying this last night because the guy i was interviewing uh last night uh david fluker he's a jig guy um he's with a different company he really loves them right now and you know it'll take me some time i'll get him on board with us but for right now <laughs> no he uh he he's he loves throwing jigs and I, I told him i was like you know I got away from it. I don't know why. I think it was one of those, you know, as you start to add all these tools to your belt, you forget about what what got you where, you know, you you started. 
And so last season I made the commitment that we're going back to filling a jig. And now even at places that I may have never thrown it, um, it was in the kayak. It was sitting behind me and it was rigged up. It was ready to go. You know, I'll throw it in, instead of creature baits instead of a lot of this. I, I just trust the jig so much more. So, you know, off it goes. Um, so that's awesome stuff there. Let's talk. I mean, the season is right around uh, the corner here, but for you, you're not only do you do this, all this work here with clam and such, but you're also, I mean, you have one of the most prominent guide services in Minnesota, maybe in the entire North up there. Talk to us about your guide company, man. That's uh, you do a ton of work with that. Yeah. I started guiding honestly when I went to college to pay bills because I, I was full-time student, full-time athlete. And I just said, I can't make, Geez, back then it would have been probably six or seven bucks an hour. I can't do it. So I, I found a, a way, a little bit of luck, right place, right time to start guiding when I was 18 in college. And that's ultimately what launched that guide business when I was down in Mankato, Minnesota. Um, and I guide quite a bit. I did used to do it full time, took the job for Clam and, and, and now all these brands in 2012. And I do about 100 to 105 open water trips a season. Jeez. About 20-ish ice fishing trips a year. Uh, so kind of a more of a part-time gig still every waking moment. I love it. I do a lot of bass fishing in the summertime. That's kind of, I think we're so spoiled here in Minnesota. I think we have some of the bass, best bass fishing in the nation. Uh, and, yeah, we might not have eight and nine and ten pounders all over our lakes, but all these guys I have come in town from all terrain, blackfish, whatever, whether they're Elite Series Pro MLF, will come up here and fish with us. And they'll say, you don't know how good you have it. So that continues to just reiterate and prove that we do have great fishing up here where you go, you know how it is, Gene. You go to a spot in Minnesota and you don't catch 20 fish in your first couple hours in the summer. You're wondering what's wrong, where <laughs> that's some of the most prominent lakes in, in the South and are just praying for a couple bites. Yep. Yep. Uh, so we, we're pretty spoiled. So I get to guide kind of at the epicenter of Minnesota, Bass Haven. I got a lake any direction within 10 miles i can go fish on any day of the week and then i carry it over into the ice fishing season where i guide for really no bass in the winter time but the bluegills the poppies the channel cats through the ice some walleye fishing pike on tip-ups so just find a way to roll this guiding um as as like a side gig when i'm not doing my pro staff gig um to honestly stay on top of the trends stay relevant yeah. stay in the know um stay competitive in the world of fishing not just on a tournament scene but just um being up to speed on how this game is played so i find myself guiding almost every saturday and sunday all year other than maybe a handful of weekends and then some days during the week so uh we keep after it remember we started this off with labor of love so that's just kind of what we do well and you know in that same vein something that's been super cool you have a metro weekly uh fishing report that you put out um when i lived out there and shoot even now when i lived out there it was literally a staple i'd wait for it to drop on social media and sit there with my coffee and just listen to the report of what's going on out there because i was fishing a lot of aba events that were up in the metro area and so it was kind of giving you know always gave me something to run from since i was a few hours away you know from that area but uh, the the cool thing which you which you've done with this now is this labor of love that you have you've passed it on and your your boys man they are starting to get in especially the oldest the, this kid he's he's got the stuff man he's got the business wise of this thing um, and this he's a he's a little hook man he gets out there and he goes to work yeah I need to, I need to teach him less because I'm getting <laughs> up in the boat together so I mean. I, and he's my size now and this and that. And no, he, he's, he's very addicted. And, and I, and I'll be honest, like I'm a fairly tough teacher when it comes to my kids and fishing, because I don't want that stereotype that, Oh yeah, you know, Matt's your dad, of course. So I let them learn on their own. I let them make their own mistakes. I, if you look at how they fish and what they use, it doesn't always align with my personal sponsors or even clamp. You know, you may see that Jack is using a Daiwa reel. I've been with Shimano for 22 years. You may see that he's not even fishing a clam lure through the ice at times. But what I've learned with that is it keeps him engaged. Yep. I go to, let's say, a fishing store, and we're looking for a couple lures. Yeah, I could easily walk up and say, oh, no, no, just buy all terrain, right? No, I let them buy what they want. I let them learn on their own. I let them make their own mistakes, generate their own successes. And, yeah, I'll be there to, you know what, man? 
probably shouldn't throw that crankbait into that field of lily pads. <laughs> you know, but they learn that kind of stuff. And he's done a lot of this on his own. Like he started his own YouTube page, his own Facebook page. He started his own business, JJ Fishing, where he makes crappie jigs and pours plastics. I mean, like, I don't even know how to do that. Yep. If he right now to tie a crappie jig, I'm going to look like <laughs> Addison during the kindergarten scene when he's eating the glue. <laughs> where he can make jigs and i'll tell you what gene his first round of jigs he gave them to me he's like dad will you use these and i looked at him in the best father voice i could and i'm like not a chance they were horrible but now that's the only jig i use like he's figured it out and, and he taught himself to where like i can go crappie fishing in the spring and only use my son's hand-tied jigs and I want to use the best because I need to put my clients on fish and I want to have the best experience. Right. So I won't use his if they're not the best. You know what I mean? Right. So it's pretty awesome. These kids are pretty blessed. They're figuring it out way better than we did, faster than we did. They're more dangerous than we are. They have better tools at the fingertips. They can Google, YouTube, all this stuff to get their information. Where you and I had a library that I don't think kids nowadays know what. Um, but uh, it, you, I'm glad you brought it up. It's it's humbling. It's awesome. It's fun to see. Uh, I'm telling you what, my end game here with Jack and maybe some of my other boys is to have them eventually guide with me. And uh, when I'm turning down these trips every week that I just can't take because I got a, we'll call it a nine to five full-time job, I can say, you know what, one of my kids would gladly take you out and we find a way just to continue to win that war. So, um, in conversation with my oldest son, Jack, who is one heck of a good football player, um, after tough conversations, he actually stopped playing football to 100% focus on fishing as a freshman in high school. Wow. So he realizes, Dad, I'm not going to probably go pro, uh, but I can do this fishing thing the rest of my life and make it my job. So yep. not many 14-year-olds would even consider that conversation no. Or let alone have the intellect at that age to realize any of that. And he already has and says, I'm going to focus on fishing because I think this can be what I do for a job until I'm 60 something years old. So, heck yeah. Goes to him where I would have said at ninth grade, not a chance. I'm going to go hurt somebody on the field. <laughs> uh, he just said, as a good player, would have made a difference. Just said, you know what? I'm going to focus on fishing. That's my love. And I got a kind of a, a unique opportunity. Well, you know, and I coached for about 18 years, roughly, between football, a little bit of hockey, and a little bit of track, primarily football. And that was one of the statements that I that I always tried to leave parents with, which was, you need to understand that at the high school level, because I coached from fourth grade to varsity ball, and you need to understand about ninth grade range. If they don't love it, I mean, love it and breathe it, this is going to be miserable, okay? There are no good football players or successful programs that don't play hurt, okay? You're always banged up. Now, you're not injured. There's a difference between being hurt and being injured, but you are banged up constantly, and if their heart isn't 100% there, you know, the best thing you as a parent can do is just hope that kids do grab onto their passion, you know, and, and follow it, man, and go after it. So that is super, super cool that, uh, that he's, you know, going after that piece and he's right. I mean, there's a future, you can get a knee injury as a, in, in our sport and still find a way to, to rehab from it, come back and be at a hundred percent, you know, <laughs> where not always the case in, in my beloved, my last year of coaching, I, I coached, and I was fishing the Ozark Trail uh, from Minnesota. I was driving down to the Ozarks and fishing those. And I got to tell you, it was it was that season was what convinced me I had to choose one. Um, after coaching for that many years, I went ahead and said, you know, we're going to give this a shot. We're wanting to take this to another level. So we retired from from coaching and jumped into the fishing game, you know, two feet in and uh, decided to make a run for it. So. And uh, in turn, now here we are in kayaks. That's a, that's a different game all in of itself. But uh, another uh, chapter in your book. Dude. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, well, you know, and that's the, the view what we're just talking about their longevity, you know, tomorrow I turn uh, literally a half a century old, which I cannot wrap my brain around that. That doesn't, that doesn't resonate with me. I'm still 16, like right here, you know, the jokes I laugh at, you know, <laughs> I'm still, you know, finding, you know, the sophomore humor still be my, my number one, but the 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 piece of of our sport you know that that allows to pass on to these kids it it's what brings about you know conservation talks and what brings about you know that that the gear choices you know that we go out there with um clam outdoors now i am self-admittedly not an ice fisherman and I remember the first time that uh, that I went to one of those and we were talking clam, you know, business was going. And a couple of guys asked me about ice fishing. I said, you know, the wintertime, especially in Minnesota, is when I got fuzzy bunny slippers on and I'm looking at maps on Google Earth. And that's when I'm planning hotels and I'm getting things ready for, you know, come February, March, you know, when we can hit the ground running. But I got to tell you something, dude, something happened. This year of being in a kayak has, has brought me closer to the water a little bit, and I am fighting the fact that I do not want to hang up my gear just yet. And I actually, I'm like, you know, I got a connection with the name in ice fishing. What if, you know, what if we take a stab? Now, for me, I got to get up into the mountains to do it um, just because our, our ice down here, I'm going to be honest, after working several years on the Larimer County Dive Rescue Team, we can get freezing temperatures, but then 50 degrees the next day. And our sun is no joke here in Colorado. You got to get up in the mountains where you're going to get some good, you know, good ice up there to, to really do it. I mean, I know guys that will do it down here, but that's, you're not going to get me to, to swing that one. <laughs> I don't want to test that flotation out so quickly. <laughs> but one of the things I wanted to ask you about, and, and, and so you've been with Clam since 2012. Yes. Okay. It is the name in ice fishing. Everywhere you look, the IA logo, ice armor is there. The big C for clam is there from our shelters to the, the attire you're wearing to the, the fishing, you know, equipment. This is, I mean, I mean, obviously was clam was born right there in Rogers. Is that, is that correct? I was born in Minnesota. We moved to Rogers in like 2013, 2014. Gotcha. Yeah. Born in Minnesota. Um, you know, it's Dave Gens, obviously. Well, Clam and Winter Fishing Systems, which is Dave Gens's flip over fish trap, merged uh, multiple decades ago. But both Minnesota based companies. And yeah, we just kind of grew from the epicenter here of ice. I mean, this is where ice fishing is king. The most ice yeah. anglers um, in a region in the world is in Minnesota. Yeah. So we have well over a million ice anglers that identify as ice anglers in minnesota so it's pretty crazy uh but yeah clam the original ice fishing company we have the original fish trap the original ice fishing suit uh pioneered a lot of the ways of, of how we fish and what we do with dave gents and the pro staff involved uh ice team the official or the original ice fishing club uh so yeah you're, you're spot on like clam is known as ice fishing uh it's totally house and ice fishing so if you come to a sports show you'll see a lot of blue yep. uh, a lot of events brought to you by clam and and uh it's been it's been pretty fun you know but i'll tell you what like it's not one of those like status symbols you just wear on your sleeve right our team is chasing that that status every single month uh there's no resting on your laurels like clown i'm not saying that to toot the horn of this team it's just the truth yep. it's constant pounding constant grinding constant innovation um not just on the product side but education and messaging and working with pro staff and bringing new people on and finding new niches and angles and nooks and crannies to fill every void uh we are on a very aggressive marketing uh, ice fishing brand um where other companies may um i don't want to say wrestle their laurels but maybe not go the extra mile where it, at times people scoff at us and laugh at us and poke fun at us for that. And we take that as a right to the heart. Like, you know, the best form of, of flatterment is intimidate, intimate. What is it? Um, um, when you, uh, imitating, imitating. you got yep. it. Yep. 
in the day shit, but I'm like, that don't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> form of flatterment, right? So like, or if somebody notices, usually people notice a lot of the positives they do and it comes across as a negative attitude. So we always take that as fuel for the fire. Um, and uh, here we are talking right now, um, early November, it's actually 76 degrees outside in Minnesota, which is darn near a record today. Yep. Already had an ice fishing show. Uh, we've already launched new products. We're going to another show this weekend. We are in the trenches of ice fishing promotion. Yep. And, uh, and the scary thing about it, Gene, is we loved. You know, I love bass fish. I love summer fishing. Sure. I, love, I don't have a true baby in that category. I love it all. But we love ice fishing. Heck yeah. <laughs> own it. And so even when it's warm outside and the guy just helped an hour and a half ago showed up in shorts and a t-shirt with a boat hooked up. <laughs> I'm planning to strategize ice fishing. So nice. uh, it's it's necessary to uh, to success. Well, and two two major points there. The the cool thing about ice fishing and that gear, you kind of the the sport itself will will basically weed out the non-packers, right? I mean, sure. dude, if you, you like you said, it's not just an emblem. You put this gear on, you're going out all day, you're using this gear. If it's not effective, you're going to see it, you're going to feel it, and quickly that goes to the side and that word gets out in a hurry. So, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that it, this is an earned reputation. There's a reason why even out here in Colorado, thousand miles away, we've got shields and we has two awesome stores here in our state now. <coughs> and the one we work with a, a lot is the Johnstown. You sure. know, I go through there and I see clam and I see ice armor stuff all over the shelves and I was uh, talking to their fishing man or their camping uh, goods manager there. He, he's a kayak angler as well. And I was like, hey, man, yeah, I know these guys. This is, you know, this is the mothership right here of, of all terrain and blackfish out here. These are the, you know, this is the guys that, that gave us the platform, you know. And uh, so it's it's super cool to see that, you know, where where it's at out there and watch it as it goes. And you're right. You have to. Like we were just talking football, dude. You know, ice fishing. You gotta love it if you're going to get that in debt. You know, dug in. And then when you're talking about, you know, we we actually there is a some clam team members up in the mountains here that guide out of Grand or Granby, I think, up there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Got, uh, well, Bernie Keith deflected to Florida. Don't blame him. <laughs> decades, you know. But yeah, you have Dan Shannon, Jacob Foos. Um, we got a handful of uh, good team members in that neck of the woods. We also have um, team members over near Conifer, Nate Zelensky, yep. who guides uh, up in the mountains in a different portion and does the hunts. So yeah, we got a we got a pretty strong alliance of anglers in Colorado. And that you know, and that's again, that's I mean, that's a testament. You know, if these guys are out on the water all day long, taking folks around, they trust in the gear, they they utilize it. I mean. That's, you know, in our industry, that's what you're looking for, right? It's not the catchy sales pitch. Uh, unfortunately, we anglers are known to spend money where we need to, you know, especially when it comes to your, you know, personal protection, you know, or your comfort. If there's nothing worse, I had a couple situations earlier this year where I went out and was just using some socks and Crocs, basically, you know, in the kayak there. And even though it was it was relatively warm, fall was, you know, September range and feet got a little wet. And man, it was about, you know, 730 and my feet, I was losing feeling in them. And I'm just, okay, I'm in the middle of a tournament here on a national stage, pro level event. I got to be focused. What, what am I worried about my stupid feet? You know, we changed. I now have, you know, a, a set of some of the best, you know, kayaking boots that a guy can get a hold of. And wow, what a difference. I went out, you know, just, just even fun fishing with them. And it's like, where were these, you know, a couple of weeks ago, it's, it's, you know, all the way down. It's, it's so, so important. And even if you're just going out to enjoy yourself, you know, yeah. I mean, that's, that's what put it there. Blackfish, clam, all terrain, um, three different, very different deals. The, the thing clam picked up, cause there, isn't there something, uh, polar What's the, isn't there another brand in there somewhere? A polar trailer, which is a utility card and trailer. And right. Screen shelters. And yeah, we got multiple brands underneath one roof. What's the dog sled thing? That motorized, super cool thing I saw you demoing. The snow dog? Snow dog. Now that's not a brand of clams. They're just a partner of Ice Team. 
Nice. Another brand under Klamath, our marketing arm of the ice fishing world. Okay. Bodog's one of our partners there. That thing it's, looks super cool. Yeah. <laughs> you you mentioned that inside you're still a 16 year old, right? Like every time you hop on that snow dog, you smile. So when I was talking and engaging with excited consumers this last weekend at our first show, we had a snow dog on display. And one of the things I was telling this one group was, yeah, it's functional and practical for the sport, right? We can get to spots earlier. We can, we can, uh, you know, bushwhack through and, and maybe like get through spots in narrow corridors you can't with a snowmobile or ATV or whatever. But every time you tip that throttle, you smile. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's to rip around on that thing. I mean, like I've gotten just lost in my neighborhood. <laughs> just goofing off with one. You know, where it's it's just fun. You're standing up and you just hit that throttle. And I've never, I've never seen one person hop on one ever in two years around them that doesn't, like, grin immediately. Like, when they – and then and then you're like, oh, great. I guess I'll see so-and-so in 20 minutes. Like, hope we're not trying to move soon because they just rip around and they go out a good time. So it is an affordable, practical option um, that – you and I can lift in the bed of a pickup truck. Wow. At least in Minnesota, you don't need to license it. You don't need to insure it. Um, super simple. Sips gas. They're starting to really catch on. It's a Russian-made product. However, they have migrated to the United States. Dimitri and his entire team are now here, and it's now U.S.-made starting this fall. That is awesome. So That's huge. Great, great product and a uh, whole lot of fun. I got to take one out a few weeks ago when we got a snow here and I, I rushed into the office because I looked at the forecast and I said, we've got enough snow where I can't even see the grass, but by 10 a.m. it's going to be gone. <laughs> here and grabbed Tommy from our marketing team and said, we're going to go film on the snow dog. He's like, what? I said, dude, we got an inch and a half of snow. We need that. I ripped around on that snow dog on like October 14th. Was that you behind the shop running out around the bank with it? Yeah. That, yeah, that video. Yep, that, that was the, yeah. that was it. Yeah, you know, like the video I didn't post was right before that video. I dumped it. <laughs> so that one, you saw the second video. The first video, I came around that first turn, and the hill was too sharp. And I didn't take the top sled off, um, just in haste to get this video done, and I dumped it. And uh, <laughs> so the first video was Tom filming me coming across these trailers, and I don't come out from the other side of the trailer. <laughs> And you just see your Tom go, what the heck? And then he <laughs> runs to me like freaking kid and caboodle. But you got to make it happen, right? That's, that's good stuff. For those of you who are unaware, go check out, uh, just do a Google search on Snow Dog um, from uh, what? what's the name of the company? It, it's Snow Dog. It Snow is Snow Dog, is the name of the company. Okay, awesome. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it is ridiculously cool. More than that, you can also just go out to the the Clam social uh, media site there uh, for Clam Outdoors. You can see some video on that. It is super super cool. And what a what a just a really neat setup, especially when you start combining it with the shelters and in those mm -hmm. other pieces. It just it it plugs right in to make a really really awesome experience. Especially it lets you kind of reach out and get to maybe some water you wouldn't normally be able to get to. So. That's uh, that's super cool there. So I wanted to get your take. There's been, uh, and it's it's not super current, but it's still relatively current. A couple little things that would take place in our industry here. And guys like you that are pros in this, uh, in the industry, I always like to kind of get your opinion. You know, we have our opinions on the stuff um, and we've talked about it here and there with certain interviews, but I always like to, I wanted to get your take. First bit, the oldest of the two news, Bass's decision to and before we get going too far, one of the things that I love about Clam Blackfish All Terrain, you guys sponsor anglers in all of these different divisions that are out there, all of the leagues out there. There's no, you know, putting more more emphasis on on this league over that league. You sponsor solid professional anglers regardless of the platform they're fishing. And that's something I've appreciated, you know, that you as a company. But Bass made that announcement, man, that now through the opens, you got to fish in all nine events as if it weren't expensive enough to try to find your way in. You know, now we've got this pathway. And before people go too far, 
I'm not bashing bass on this. This is just the facts because MLF has done some stuff now too that these two divisions all of a sudden forgetting about those of us out there that are writing the checks to try to get into that stuff, man. What are your feelings on this? Nine events, each one of those events, about 1800 bucks a piece. That's this year's price, 1700 1800 whatever it is. What what do you think about that? I mean, what's your opinion? There's so many directions you could go with it. And at first I was like, well, that just cut the field down drastically, right? Like, you know, I know I have a lot of friends personally that are trying to compete in the Opens. Um, to potentially someday fulfill maybe an elite series dream or they just want to fish at the highest level. Yeah. Our, our living paycheck to paycheck, have nine to five jobs back home, scrounge up pennies to enter these opens, right? Well, now they're looking at it like it's probably not a reality. But I think what, you know, my understanding, if, if and I don't know this to be true, it's just where my head goes, like I'm assuming Bass wants to look at creating true diehard ambassadors for BASS guys or gals that are 100% committed to it. Right. And I think what uh, the one thing I've always said about any of these guys or gals functioning at that level, whether it's fishing all the opens or whatever, is like, you're almost an extension of that brand. I feel like all the guys and gals fishing the opens are an extension of bass. Right. I almost feel like some degree um, they are uh, call it a, a glorified employee of that brand they're out there fishing at their events marketing and pushing their events like so the way i look at it is for so many years these opens fill up so fast right people can't even get into them and you know i would always wonder if i guess if i'm wearing my bss hat how many of these guys or gals are committed to bass or they're just looking for opportunities you know what i mean like are they really drinking the cooler do they really want to be a part of this program holistically uh, or are we filling most of these spots with people that are not dedicated to BSS? Yep. They're just trying to compete. They're just trying to win that paycheck that day, where I think what this will do for Bass and maybe strengthen that, it probably takes a few years to people to understand how to navigate these new waters, but I'm going to guess that at some point it's going to strengthen that pool of anglers that want to compete for BASS, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's just my gut, because if you're going to commit to nine events, you're going to put forth that kind of effort. Uh, what that shows bass is that we have people that are committed. I look at it like in my ice fishing league, I used to allow anglers to compete per event. Okay, it's 100 bucks to enter the event on January 9th. First come, first serve, when it's full, it's full, right? Well, then I get a team midway through the season that's like, well, I would have fished all of them. And here I am as a tournament director thinking, well, geez, that's the loyalty I want. That, that's the lo- I want the guy or gal that wants to fish. Oh, not the guy that cherry picks the one or two events they think they can win. Right. Series they think they can do better than that. Um, that's just where my brain goes. Now, I also sit on the other side of the fence a lot with anglers like yourself or all these guys and gals we, we sponsor. And we go, and I get to hear the stories. of them saying, like, I don't think I can pull it off. Yep. I can pull off, you know, you know, the whatever 10, 12 grand I'm gonna need just an entry fees, you know. I, you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a bus boy on Friday nights to pay my bills. And <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna pull this off. And and I feel for that person too. I take a step back and I'm like, yeah, I get it. This person for three years or four years has fought hard to try to win the bass open central division. Yep. Three events dedicate their life around those three events and plan this and plan family and vacations to where now this person's got to take a step back and go, I got to do that nine times. You know, I, I got to find a way to do this nine times. Right. You're going to see a, a drastic amount of people probably drop off, but I think you might also see some people step up. You might also see some people that will step up to the challenge and, Take it through, run it because if you make it to the elites, guess what? Your only option is to get, dedicate your life to it. Yeah, yeah. That is, at that point, that is your option. So if you're fishing the opens to make it to the elites, and you're not already at that mindset, um, that's where guys enter the elites and in two years get relegated. That's what happens. They're not yep. there. They're not ready for it. They're not mentally ready. 
they're not ready for, let's call it the big league. So I think that could be Bass's angle is we're trying to prepare anglers truly for that next level. Yep. And maybe look at more of a loyalty to BSS and reward those anglers that want to truly jump on all of it. Right. Um, a, a, a clear assumption. Sure. Just from the outside in. No, and and you bring up some some valid points to that, and and I think it it should be said that no one's saying you can't go fish just the centrals or, or southeast right. or this or that. You can still do that, right? You know, but you just well, no lo- no longer as a when you're in, no longer do you have an opportunity to make the elites or the classic. You know, from this, I don't know if are they still taking the. Like the division a- AOIs, are they still taking them in the classic? Uh, I, I didn't see no, anything about like that. To be honest, um, yeah, I don't know either. I need some more research on it. I feel like there's so much change. I know even on the MLF side, they changed to where some of these tournaments are actually going to be live wins. Some of the pro level stuff is going to be working into, or not live wins, but your five biggest bass. That was the next piece, is you know, in that in that list. So there's a lot of things evolving um, yep. all over the place, um, whether it's names changing. And I feel like every year, the, me and Drew and the other members of our marketing team have to sit down and digest. It's like Lake Malak's regulations, which we don't need to talk about. That's a whole other <laughs> They're changing like every year, if not multiple times. So we, I feel like we sit down at the end of the year, which will happen probably like right after Christmas, and we'll go, Okay, so now how is MLFs run? Is there still a tackle warehouse? If not, what's it called? What's changed? How's the BPT going to be handled? Yep. Oh, on the PSF side, not, we, we have to kind of like retrain our brain on how it all works. Um, well, there's still people that are still referring to it as FLW. I mean, you still get that out there, you what? know, that uh, that piece. Yeah, and that that is, you know, one of the things I was saying last night during an interview that I, I want folks to keep in mind, you know, one of the things on the MLF side, they're they're making a move, which is now it's not going to be just a total accumulated weight of all fish above a certain threshold. Now it's going to be similar to what we've been doing in the kayak side for some time now, which is we're caught, you know, it's, it's catch weigh release for us. It's catch photo release. So it's still catch weigh release, still staying on the conservation tip. But the point is, the only thing that's going to count is not total, but just the five biggest fish. That's what we do as it is right now. You know, we've been doing that for some time. We're only measured on our five biggest. Um, so it's, it's you know, it kind of appeals to, you know, I think that was the whole tempt. And two major points there. This was angler voted. Okay. The majority of the anglers voted for this. It may have been a close vote. But that was the beginning when they first started this, the Bass Pro Tour. The point was the anglers were going to have the deciding votes on where this thing was going to go. The other piece to to bring in there is that this isn't the final product. People can trust in that. We've seen that. This is another step in their evolution of them working out a new age of competition. Um, You know, we have unprecedented numbers of of kids in high school and college anglers coming up, more people engaging the outdoors than ever before. Uh, The other other side that I look at is that our natural resources are not infinite, right? I mean, they're they're limited. We have to evolve our sport or we're going to burn it up. You know, there's just no way around that. That's, That's not saying bass is better than MLF or MLF is better than bass. You know, and and David Fluker last night made a very good point. I hope MLF and Bass realize they need each other because they do. If one fails, our sport, we all lose. You know, we need them both to to continue on and we can iron out details. You know, any good marriage, man, you got to you got to find common ground here, you know, and that's the way, you know, it's not going to change. There's too much money back in both you know, leagues, uh, you got Cronky sports behind the MLF. People don't, if you don't know who Cronky sports is, these guys own more professional teams from the LA Rams, Denver Nuggets, Colorado Avalanche. I mean, they're, they own soccer teams, rugby. They own Everett. They have plenty deep pockets. MLF is going nowhere, you know? Yeah. So it's, uh, and same with bass that's been around forever and a day they, they've got their their anchors firmly planted down you know they're they're going to be around so sure. 
Well, you know, and that's uh, it's 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 an interesting piece. I wonder how many people on the bass side won't jump the opens because no longer there's that opportunity to snatch up a, a sneak their way in type thing. I shouldn't say sneak. Dude, you win an open. That's some serious stuff because you are going against a wicked, wicked field of hooks right there. It's like winning a Toyota series. I mean, dude, if you go and pick off one of those, yeah, those are, those are, these people are living and breathing this as a lifestyle to get into this. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how it all, uh, unfolds next year for sure. And that's, yeah, that does have to be tough on you guys on the marketing side. Okay. What are we doing here? Yeah. Yep. That's, uh, that's gotta be tricky. Part of the job, part of the territory, something else you learn and figure out. Awesome. So let's talk 2023, man, coming up. What, uh, any, any big news, any big things on the horizon? We got some new products, uh, dropping down. I know I've been, uh, uh, every year when you guys ask us about new products, I bring up the same one and we're still dealing with patents and issues, uh, when it comes to that. Cause, um, I just recently got a chance to, to uh, join on board with pure fishing, um, after a lot of years. And so that's, that's helped me in the soft plastics department. I know Berkeley makes jigs, but I'm good. I've got, I've got my all-terrain jigs. We're solid there, you know, but any, any new products planned, uh, blackfish wise, uh, all-terrain clam. We're always looking for new stuff. I mean, I'm not going to let the cat out of the bag too much, but yeah, you'll see new yep. stuff, in multiple categories. We just launched the new storm skin colors just this past fall, which storm skin is waterproof soft shells we launched the industry first waterproof soft shell um super cold weather warm climate gear or warm, nice. warm gear and it's waterproof so we have some new colors in that we just launched um yeah we're gonna have some new stuff in rain in the spring uh upf uh we'll have a bunch of stuff that i think people will like to see in the springtime usually we unveil all of our new stuff you know, it's usually right around like that Bassmaster Classic time yep. frame of things. Yep. Uh, we'll have some new stuff on all terrain. Um, we launched some new jigs this last year with the Smasher and Largy Smasher. We're going to have um, some new offerings again around that same time frame, some new colors. On the clam side, on the ice, we just launched a ton of stuff here uh, back in August. That's right now on the website. Uh, new 65 new SKUs. Wow. On climb ice. So a lot of stuff from fish houses to ice armor to lures to rods to accessories. Uh, newness sells, man. It's, you know, you, you, we usually come up with something new in most categories almost every single year. Yep. And, you know, 23 won't be any different. So, I mean, I would say you alluded to it, you know, follow the social media pages. Um, we're going to launch new stuff there first, whether it's blackfishgear.com. Uh, alltraintackle.com and their associated pages respectively on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. So follow along that stuff. You'll see what's cooking. Uh, we got a team in-house and externally working on social media daily. Right. Yep. Uh, it's a beast, right? And uh, pretty exciting stuff. You know, and for those uh, of our, our listeners out there and, and viewers out there that are in the Yak community, this storm skin, I'm telling you guys, you got to take a look at this if you're in a kayak. I embarrassingly don't have a set yet. Um, we were we were making our choice, and I'm I'm always. You can ask my wife that my personal clothing is like the last thing I buy ever. Um, I have, you know, I've had this blackfish hoodie for two, three years now, I think I take care of it. I pull out the strings so I don't have strings and I, you know, I, I just don't get myself new stuff, you know, uh, throughout the year, but this storm skin is the deal, man. Like you said, soft shell, that's waterproof. Mm -hmm. That is not seen before. The biggest thing for us, you know, major factor in the kayak game is that mobility factor, right? We have a limited space that we can move around. Not everybody has a cool 360 fusion seat like us new canoe guys do. I, my seat actually pivots. I can literally spin my seat around. Most kayaks don't. Um, actually, everybody else really doesn't, you know, that's out there. So having the mobility of your arms with your PFD on is so, so important, man. That storm skin is the juice. That is, uh, that is the stuff. Going, and it's what I was super, super uh, impressed and pleased about is it's reasonably priced. You know, you don't need to take out a, a second mortgage to get you a nice set um, of storm skin out there. So if you haven't seen that yet, highly encourage, go check them out. So, 
Well, listen, dude, I can't thank you enough, man. I know you're a busy, busy guy, and we sincerely appreciate you coming on our, our little show. Um, you know, we've been, this is our, our third season, our second year doing this thing. Um, and before I let you go, I don't know if I've ever truly properly thanked you enough the life-changing event that put our focus on the veteran support and recreational therapy side was the warrior bonfire project. We were invited to Vienna, Missouri to go fish with, um, six. Yes. Six purple heart recipient combat wounded veterans, a piece of private property, like a 200 acre little private lake. Um, they asked me to bring the nitro, bring all my gear, and just share my fishing knowledge with these with these heroes. I called uh, the first company I called was you. You at the drop of a hat didn't you just said where do you need it sent? What do you want? You sent some awesome beanies, some awesome hats, a selection of jigs, and folks, what you do, I'm getting goosebumps talking about this because what you don't understand is when you guys did this for us. This is when all of the crap was going on with the inventory shortage. You did, you guys didn't bat an eyelash. You sent that stuff there, and we took, I uh, combined that stuff with some stuff that Shields helped us out with, with some other swag. I got a chance to go there, and when I, the second night I was there, I took these bags out of the back of the pickup, and you should have seen these warriors, these heroes, these these men that I I you know look up to and was humbled just to sit in their presence. Their eyes lit up like it was Christmas time. Awesome. And the next thing I'm doing is they're asking me about these G. You know how do I use these things? You guys saw the media pictures. Every one of them had their blackfish hats rocking. You know they loved the hats. Um, you know it, it was to me that was just a testament. That even when we were, you know, struggling to keep, you know, inventory in because of all the crap going on with our uh, supply chains out there, you guys heard about this and you you jumped right to it without even batting an eyelash, man. And I can't thank you enough. That Ooh. was that was a life changing event for me, and you made me be able to go into that and and give these guys just a little something. You know, I mean, it's nowhere near, but it was it was something that they absolutely appreciated and they loved every everything that we were able to to bring to them and it didn't hurt that we were able to throw on a couple of those jigs and catch a few bass for them with those jigs too <laughs> well that's good to hear gene that, that that's the that's the intent and we're more than happy to help out yeah that was that was huge man and that's uh, like i said from 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 me personally thank you guys so very very much and that's it was one of those situations that just again we talk about that that brand piece um lost your video again here but i i know you yep there you are now you're back and it just it locks in for us the fact that we're we're proud to be a part of this family we're proud to for the future at whatever level we can we can bring value that's what we want to do for sure so again thank you again man and uh, hey just keep us in mind if there's ever anything cool you guys want to get out there message wise you know in this piece and i'm sure we'll be highlighting you in the future with uh, with bigger events uh that we're going down through if i can find a partner out there that is fast on the registration. I'll see if I could sneak my way into the classic out there. That would be, I'll go as a co-angler back there. I can, uh, I can do that. Can or public and let everybody know when they can register. But like I said, in 13 minutes this year, uh, we had a couple guys not get in because they had a hiccup on their computer, you know? And so it's, it's unique. It, it's a, a blessing and the curse, right? Where, you fill that fast, but then you fill that fast. So right. the best thing I can tell you is keep an eye on Blackfish Gear's Facebook page, and we'll tell you when it's time to register. And maybe, who knows what the future of maybe there's an all-terrain kayak classic in the work. Yeah. Uh, you never know, right? <laughs> you never, right? Miniac, like I said, I was telling you off air, Miniac is a big group. Those are some awesome hooks. They do great stuff in the state community-wise, you know, along with uh, just have a great reputation as a, an awesome group out there. I actually, there's a buddy way down south Minnesota who I think is jumping in the kayak game, and I told him connect with Miniac immediately. That's the that's the group to get a hold of. So, well, thanks again, man. We uh, we can't thank you enough. Uh, we appreciate all the all the stuff you guys do out there, and we're looking forward to uh, to 2023. Awesome. Thanks, Gene.